Welcome to Just Jeff. It's just me, Jeff. You know, just Jeff. Just your good old friend, Jeff. Talking about Jeff stuff. You know, whatever I feel like talking about. So sit back and listen, and I'll tell you tell you what to listen to right now. So listen up. Hello, and welcome to Just Jeff with Just Jeff. And today, it's not just Jeff. Today, I'm with Cheyenne, my wonderful wife, Cheyenne. Shut up, Sawyer! We're doing a podcast! That cat Sawyer's just meowing. Uh, this is Cheyenne. Hi. You guys know her? Shut up! Oh, that's because the cats are playing. That makes sense. You guys can play. Be cool. Be chill. Do your thing. So today, we're here. I'm here with Cheyenne. We're going to talk about... Cheyenne's underrated movies. She made a list of a bunch of under movies she thinks are underrated. I agree with a lot of these, and so yeah, we're just gonna go through her her list of underrated movies, and we'll see where we go from that. Uh, so I guess we normally we get to know who the person is, but you guys know Cheyenne already, so we don't need to do that. No introductions necessary. We'll just jump straight on into the movie. So the first movie we have on the list is. Beaver. Uh, the Beaver. The Beaver. Uh, tell I I know of the movie. I've seen the cover, but I don't know anything about it. So tell us about it. Okay, so the Beaver is with Mel Gibson, and I know he's a controversial person, and you know we'll not go in, go into that. But um, essentially, he's having a mental breakdown, and he's about to like alert here everyone. He wants to kill himself, and he finds this, like, stuffed beaver puppet and decides, like, this is how he's going to um, vent his frustrations and handle his, you know, um, mental issues at this point. And so, you know, his wife was leaving him, his kids hated him, his kid, one of his kids is played by Anton Yelchin, so... I'm going to give you a heads up. I love Anton Yelchin. He's on like half of this list. He's in a couple of them for sure. Yeah, a lot. Like he's definitely in a good chunk of these. And so... He's an underrated actor. Completely. And what's sad is we will not see any more projects by him, which sucks. Um, so he uses this puppet to essentially express himself. And it's a really nice dark film that's kind of sweet you know you just kind of have to understand a lot of people that have mental issues they try to or mental disabilities they they try to vent in ways that are creative and honestly you know if he's able to express what's on his mind that he's been having trouble saying himself through this you know puppet i think it's a very good outlet the family doesn't take it really well and then they kind of grow to learn to it so that's the beaver and what's nice about this film is over at hastings i don't know if anyone is that old um they used to have this in there what was it It like the 399 bargain bin or 299 bargain bin so they had a bin of essentially what they deemed was not great movies we got like like a million copies of for rentals and then nobody wanted to rent them so they we turned it down from like 50 copy rent, rental copies to like one rental copy so all other 49 went to this discount bin and that's why i found this movie and it's a beautiful thing if you also 
um, if you like, what's her face that's in the Hunger Games? Um, oh God, Katniss Everdeen. Yes. No. Who who plays her? Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence okay. is in it as a young Jennifer. J Law. J Law. J Law. Yeah. Before she was in the Hunger Games, which is kind of cool. So, you know. I volunteer as tribute to be in the Beaver. <laughs> So that is the Beaver. I don't know if you can stream it anywhere, but I have a copy. So if you're local or if you're listening to this, you can borrow it. If you're, if I trust you. That's if he trusts you. Okay. So the next movie. What's on the next movie? Uh, the next movie is one of my favorite movies, honestly, and I see why it's on her list. Odd Thomas. If you've never seen Odd Thomas, it's another Anton Yelchin classic. It's just. A spectacular film. It's got oh, William Dafoe in it. William Dafoe is great in it. It's I'm uh, I'm gonna explain the plot of this one since I actually know this one. So uh, the main character, Anton Yelchin, his name is Odd Thomas, little Oddy, and uh, so his name is Odd, and he can see like uh, ghosts and spirits and the dead and the dead people that are that haven't moved on because they're they're stuck here for some reason. Whether it be that they were murdered and they're trying to find the person that, like, they, they need help finding their murderer or things like that. Or they haven't passed on for these kinds of reasons. So he sees these people and he tries to help them move on. And some of them are really tragic and, like, uh, and, and some are, you know, like, really, it, they're, they're all really tragic. But some of them are kind of silly. Some of them are kind of silly, like the, like the guy that in the, at the tire store. Yeah. Uh, but but he essentially notices there's these creatures that come up and they're attracted to calamities to death to like mass death to mass chaos to maths like bad energy if you will and so he starts to notice them like really start forming and only he can see these things and so he he knows he's trying to solve the mystery of what catastrophe is about to happen to prevent it from happening to save a bunch of people's lives and it's just like it's a it's a wild thrill it's amazing it's so good and it's based on a book series so if you ever want to read them um it's the odd thomas series it's very good i think there's like literally 50 books at this point um but they're really good books really funny story about how we found this movie do you remember it jeff no Okay, so we were dating, and it was probably maybe like three months into dating, so very, very new for us, and I had this habit of going to the Redbox and trying to buy essentially movies there, because you can actually buy movies at the Redbox, not just rent them. Things that have been, that are just like not renting anymore, or they're like out of circulation, and then you bring new things in. Essentially, it's the Hastings bin, but through Redbox. And I noticed that there was, you know, this movie, Odd Thomas, and it was $5 to buy it. I was like, well, it's 5 bucks. If it's terrible, it's terrible. You know, who really knows? I spent more on less, you know, or less on more. I don't know what the phrase, I don't know. Yeah, we spent $60 on the order, so, you know, there's that. Yeah. Okay, so we bought it, and I was like, well, I really like Anton Yelchin. I've seen a lot of his films. I'm super excited. We watched it. And he and I loved it. Like, we... Instantly. Instantly. I cry every time, literally every time I watch it, there's this, there's this part, and no matter how many times I watch it, I will cry. Yes. Yeah. It, it makes us cry very, very loudly and very uncomfortably. Um, but yeah, we, we bought it at the Redbox, and it was great. Then we tried to read the book series 
got overwhelmed by how many books there were. And that's it. Because he decides to move from his, like, he's in this town in, like, uh, Nevada, I want to say. And he decides to go to do his work of trying to help ghosts and dead spirits in uh, Las Vegas for a while. And so that's probably, I'm sure, like, just a whole other ball game in itself. I think he travels around to big cities. The spoiler is, is like, you know, he can see all these dead things. And so um, he tries to keep his life as simple as possible. And he can see glimpses of, like, like he has dreams and different, like, vision, like, dreams where he has glimpses of certain images or certain things that are are the reason for these happening but he doesn't get a full picture he has to put it together himself yeah and his mom had a similar thing but she let everyone know she could do it so they thought she was crazy and they locked her up so you know he tries to keep it pretty low-key yeah willem dafoe is the police captain that basically like he he knows that he's like his second dad yeah he knows that uh, Adi, that Odd Thomas has a has a gift, and so he tries to help cover it up with, in a police way because you know he's doing good things, and so he's like, oh, just tell them you found this and this and that, and that's how we'll say you solve this crime, rather than being like I'm a psychic. And it's you, you just have to. Watch. I'm not. I'm giving away too much. I'm sorry. No, it's literally what's in the first like ten minutes of the movie. So, you know, anything like that. But yeah, it's it's a pretty emotional movie. It's amazing. It's dark and funny. Eleven out of ten. Yeah, if you. Want to see anything with Anton Yelchin? I'm pretty much gonna say they're all good. I yeah. haven't seen a bad Anton Yelchin movie. Even the Star Trek movies in the end, even though they're cheesy, they're not that bad. They're pretty. I enjoy them a lot. Anton's definitely one of the best people in that whole movie. The Star Treks. Yeah, I like Anton. I can do that. I can do that. Makes me. Ugh, I love him. <sighs> Before we cry, what's the next one, Jeff? The next one is Brother Solomon. They're Brother Solomon. I. A, if you haven't seen it, you need to watch an immediately movie. It is so fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that I can put it on and we'll watch it all the way through. Like, there's no part of us that doesn't watch the whole thing. And we laugh the entire time. Even though we've seen it. It's a... It's a... Do double Will Whammy. It's uh, Will Forte and Will Arnett, which are two great Wills. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig is in it, yeah. It's... Yep. Uh, it's so funny. Yeah, essentially, like, all of the minor people in Saturday Night Live are in it. It's directed by Bob Odenkirk. Oh, I didn't know that. Which is pretty dope. So, you know, he hasn't directed that many things. But that's a spectacular, spectacular movie. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain the plot of this one since I know this one and I don't know the other one. So it's a, uh, it's essentially about these two brothers. They were uh, raised in Antarctica when their dad's mom when their mom left and their dad is like, I'm taking you to Antarctica. Mom died. Mom died. That's what it was. Mom, sorry, I haven't seen it in a while. But mom died. He's like, I'm raising you in Antarctica. They were. That's where they- because that's where they wanted to live, and so he basically homeschooled them their whole lives, and they, their only relationships that they had were with like these like old Eskimo women when they were younger, and it was just like Inuit women. Sorry, Inuit. I don't, I don't know if I can say Eskimo. You know what I mean. Yeah. I'm sorry, Inuit women. And so it, they're basically not. They're really sweet, really super intelligent guys, but they're not. I would say street smart in a sense, or not like uh, socially smart. And so they, they move into this apartment. Their dad goes into a coma, and he's just like, why haven't you got me a grandchild? I don't want to die without being a granddad. So their whole thing is they're trying to find – they're trying to make a kid. Make a baby. 
make a baby before for dad. for dad before he dies so he can be a grandparent and so it's these two brothers like they're so close and they're like they're, it's just they're trying to find a woman that will basically that they can be having a relationship and get pregnant to have a baby with immediately because they need to have a baby and it's Kristen Wiig is like a surrogate that's like I'll I'll you know have your baby and it's it's so hilarious some of the jokes in this movie are very drawn out so if you have I would say a drier sense of humor or can handle some like longer jokes they're definitely worth it um like one of my favorite ones. Is it the cop car one? Oh, the cop car one's good. Did you know that childhood obesity is the number one Gentlemen? cause? Oh, hello, officer. One, one second. second, please. It's the number one cause of early onset diabetes. You know what? I think I did know that. What can we do for you, officer? We've had a few complaints. Can I ask you what you're doing here today? We're trying to coax that little girl into our car, but her mom's being a real pain in the ass. Just kind of waiting for a. An opening. <laughs> Get her by herself. Uh, no, I really like the uh, uh, skywriting one. Mm. That one's great. Yeah. I also like the video uh, rental one. Or they get the message that their dad's like going into a coma. He's not doing well. But they decide to return a DVD oh, rental. Yeah, because they also got a message that their DVD rental was late. So they, on their way to the hospital, they took their DVD rental to dispute the late fees and then <laughs> and returned the DVD. And then they had to pick out like three other DVDs because they had credit. And so they ran around the store picking out three DVDs <laughs> while they're on their way to their dad at the hospital who's in a coma. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely some really long, drawn-out jokes. I... I love that movie. I've I watched that movie probably back in high school when my Safeways had DVD rental sections. That's how Oh man, I remember when Safeway had a DVD rental. That was the and I remember when Albertsons had DVD rental places too. Basically all the grocery stores kind of had like a D, little DVD rental area. Yeah, that's that's the other section. Pretty much I find underrated movies in bins where people have thrown movies away to die. So that's another one we own on DVD. So if you're if you're local to me, then I'll let you borrow it. Shout out to Dan. He actually got to borrow yeah, it from us. Yeah. Dan Farnhof. Yeah, and he did return it. So after like a year of of borrowing, and it, it felt like it's okay. We have two copies. But I know he watched it, which is the important thing, because I know he loves that movie. So if Dan likes Brother Solomon, it's probably pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Okay. Next one is one I don't know of. I know of it, but I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, Bickford Schmeckler's Good Ideas. Cool Ideas. Bickford cool ideas. Schmeckler's Cool Ideas. Okay, so this is a weird movie. Um, so the guy who's in this, I can't remember what his name is, but he's also in Risk Cutters, A Love Story, which is also on this list. Um, That's the next one. Yeah, so he's this weird, um, I'm going to say socially inept very like um introverted genius okay so he has zero social skills he likes to stay in his room and he writes in this journal um and so you never know what's in this journal like they never tell you but apparently someone steals it from his room or gets to view it and it 
blows their mind. Like, these are just genius, absolutely crazy ideas that people love. Like, this is essentially becoming, like, this college campus's um, holy text, if you will. And so... You never find out what's actually in the journal or what's blowing their mind, but Olivia Wilde's in it, like really young Olivia Wilde, which is pretty cool. Um, and so essentially he's now, because of all these cool ideas, people are recognizing him and liking him and, you know, he's... So they, he, they just, they know it's him. Yeah, they, they figure they figure it out because it literally says like Bickford Schmeckler's like journal or something like that on it. Okay. And so people like love him and he has to kind of come to terms like he thought these were his private thoughts and no one would really care because he's this like lonely guy and the hottest girl on campus ends up like being obsessed with him and it's it's kind of sweet it's a campy silly movie i don't know where you can find it ever but i own a copy they had one at hastings so the Hiracho rental, a uh, video rental store, has these three uh, titles available so far. So if you're looking for any either of these three titles in your local, the Hiracho video rental store is willing to rent these to you. We accept payment um, in kombucha and beer, and or kisses on my cheek. Yep, that's on Jeff's cheeks, not on mine. Okay, cool. So Bigfoot Schmeckler, good movie, silly, funny. Um, if I have to compare it to, like, Brother Solomon, not as funny as Brother Solomon. Brother Solomon is uh, another 11 out of 10, but in a comedy sense. This one's kind of like, you know, 7 out of 10. What would, what, so what would your rate be for then? Would you would you agree that Odd Thomas and Brother Solomon are 11 out of 10s? Yes, yes, Okay, what, sure. what about the beaver? The beaver, I'd probably say, like, I don't know, I, I really like it. It's like, like an, an 8? It's, yeah. It'd be higher if Mel Gibson wasn't in it, because... I don't like Mel Gibson, but he's good in that movie. Like, he's just a bad person, but he he was good in that movie. And what about Beckford Schmeckler's Beckford Schmeckler's? I like a 7 out of 10. Okay. Now, next, speaking of the uh, that same thing thing you were talking about with uh, the wrist cutters. Okay, so same guy. Um, he, so, here's the, the entire premise. It's based on this like tiny little book um it's called Neller's Happy Campers it's probably like I don't know 100 pages really thin really hard to find you can't borrow mine and so essentially everyone killed themselves <laughs> so you know in reality like here our world if you kill yourself you go to this other world it's everything's just a little bit crappier Okay, so you kill yourself, and then you go there. So, like, all the machines are broken, all the bed's bad. Like, everything's just, you can't smile. Like, it's always gray. Um, they really only have, like, eight different kinds of things to eat. Like, what was it? It's, like, just Canadian bacon pizza, not regular. Like, there were just little things where it just made it just a bit worse so it seems like the like the like the good place bad place like that right so it's kind of like the neutral place okay yeah but you know like they did frozen yogurt because it's like what's something people want but they also don't want it's like frozen yogurt okay and so essentially you're supposed to like they're using this kind of as like as a purgatory to kind of figure out why you're here and kind of go from there okay this is like a supernatural thing kind of yeah spiritual it's like a supernatural spiritual movie Okay, a little weird. 
It's not just about like some teenagers that are like that want to like cut their wrists and so they run away or something. That's what it always, no. I always got from the ty- from the cover. No, so literally, it's wrist cutters, a love story, and they so you die, you kill yourself, you go here. Um, so this guy killed himself because his girlfriend broke up with him. Kind of sucks. Uh, and then he kind of goes on this weird adventure. What's cool about this movie is you you figure out what how every person that he interacts with killed himself, which is kind of cool. There's a bunch of different ways that it happened, and you can kind of see, like, oh, this was accidental, this was on purpose, you know. So you can kind of figure out what's happening in this world. Nick Offerman's in it, okay? You also have, um, there's a guy, I can't remember his name. He's in a bunch of movies now, but his character's based on the lead singer of Gogo Bordello. And so they actually use Gogo Bordello's music, um, and it's fantastic. Uh, most of the soundtrack... They use uh, very their first album, probably in like the 1990s, and you can't find it anymore. Really hard to find, and they sing um, Through the Roof and Underground multiple times, and it's just a great song. And then Tom Waits is in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Who else is in there? Will Arnett. Will Arnett, yep. Yeah, so sp- funny thing about Will Arnett is that he's a cult leader <laughs> that... <laughs> thought uh if he killed himself he would go to a better place so you know he ends up in this place like everyone else and so do all his followers and you know he wants to kill himself again because he he thinks he botched it so he wants to try it again uh i feel like if i killed myself and landed in this like less fun world i don't know if i want to try it again because you already figured out how much it sucked the first time. I don't know if you want to relive that. You know? What? <laughs> Sorry, I got lost in the IMDb for wrist cutters. <laughs> what is happening right now? I would say, you know, if you killed yourself and you already ended up in this world, would you want to kill yourself again? In that world? Do you go somewhere else after you... In your f- they don't tell you. Why not? I mean, you already you've already done it once. Why not go again? Go go big or go home. I'll go home. So it's a good movie. Uh, I really liked it. It was on. It was like a Sundance movie for a long time. Yeah. So it's a really good movie. What's what's your rating on that? Oh, definitely ten out of ten. Ten out of ten for that one. So we have next. Um, I thought this what. Uh, this is shock treatment. Yep. What's that? So shock treatment is the official unofficial sequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show. It was also made by Richard O'Brien, so it's not like you know they did like a secondary movie, kind of like where they did that Cabin Fever two, but it wasn't done by Eli Roth. No, this one's actually done by the guy who made Rocky Horror Picture Show. So. What's cool about this movie is it's not as great as Rocky Horror Picture Show. So if you come in with the expectation like you're going to get some time warp stuff, not happening. What's cool about this is... It does have Richard O'Brien, Patricia Quinn, and Nell Campbell in it. Yep. Those are the only three that they repeat. (laughs) So uh, Brad and Janet, uh, so from the first movie, it's supposed to be them. Uh, You were actually going to get Tim Curry and the whole nine yards of... um, Barry something and then Susan Sarandon but the US was on a writer's strike and an actor's strike so they couldn't get him and he already had the loan uh, to do this movie and so 
they couldn't fly them over because the union laws wouldn't let them fly over to the UK to do this. So he was on a time crunch of like, I have to make this movie. I have all the money. So he just recasted <laughs> the movie <laughs> and got two terrible actors and actresses. Sorry, it's not the same. And tried to remake essentially Rocket Warrior Picture Show. Brad and Janet are in a... Uh, game, show. game show, TV show. And they're contestants. Yeah, and then it's like you don't really. There's not a real strong storyline of what's going on. But they get like trapped. They get trapped instead. Okay, it's kind of like trapment, but it kind of moves around to different game shows, so you don't really know what's going on. You see a bunch of like TV shows going on, like cooking show and like an infomercial and things like that. And inside this studio, they have a mental institution. <laughs> that's what should happen here and it's just a whole weird thing um kind of compare it to Greece too it's not the oh, same music is much better than Greece too and i will say the lead song shock treatment pretty good you need a bit of so you know if you're wanting to watch it don't go within with high expectations uh just kind of know he tried it's still great it's terrible but great so so after a little bit of research uh it turns out i used to think that the woody allen movie sleeper was this every time she said shock treatment that's the movie i thought she was talking about and i was like oh but now i realize that is not the case guys i was wrong Maybe he can show you both of the photos that he's talking about. And you can I don't decide. know. I just I just saw that picture of Woody Allen looking like a robot, and I was like, shock treatment. Robots get shocked because that's a thing that would happen or something. I don't know. That makes sense. That connected the dots in my brain. The synopsis thought that made sense. And funny thing, Richard O'Brien does identify as they, them, and they were raised in New Zealand. That is cool. Yeah. One of the prizes in New Zealand. Well, they are amazing. And speaking of amazing things, you know what we have next is the Brandon Fraser classic, Monkey Bone. I don't know if you've seen Monkey Bone, but it's so good. It, Brendan Fraser, it's... Oh, God, who else is Chris in it? Kattan. Chris Kattan. Oh, what's funny is Chris Kattan is only in it for like the last like maybe 10, 15 minutes tops. But he is on the cover as if he's like a significant character, like he's like he's a big thing. But it's just so funny seeing his character that it's like you have to put that on there because it's just so silly. So, Brendan Fraser is an artist, and he creates this character Monkey Bone, which is like uh, it's just like a you know it's a it's a monkey. With what? So so he creates. Here here we go. Okay so. He's an artist, he, he had like horrible nightmares and he would draw with his right hand and they would be like these horrific nightmare pictures and then his sleep doctor said to draw with the left hand 
And that's how he created Monkey Bone. Which is like a cartoonish, kind of like, almost like vulgar, but like not really. He's, he, he's, he, cartoon. And his name is Monkey Bone. And so he kind of grew, he got famous from this. He, you know, his, his art kind of blew up and he started to make like a TV show and stuff like that. And he was like wanting to make like this and that, but he didn't, he, you know, and he's with this girl that he's with. And then he up and dies. No, he doesn't die. He gets he get, he goes into a coma and he gets hit by a car. I want to say, and he goes into a coma. They put a bunch of monkey bone like promo stuff in his car. Yeah. One of them goes off and it makes it so that he hits something. Yeah, and so he goes into a coma, and in this coma he goes into this like purgatory land where all the things he painted, like his all the things he painted, and were the were the nightmare things, like creatures that were in this in this purgatory things, were all the like, creatures he painted, and then also who was there was monkey bone, but monkey bone was this gross, vulgar, disgusting. You know, just like, just a monk, like a gross, like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm a monkey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my banana in your, in your coochie, I don't know, whatever monkeys say, but, yeah, he's just a gross thing, and so, Brendan Fraser, he's, in order to the purgatory, he needs to get this, like, token in order to go f- back to his body, but instead, Monkey Bone tricks him, and Monkey Bone goes back into his body and just wreaks havoc. And so Monkey Bone is in Monkey Bone's consciousness is in Brendan Fraser's body, while Brendan Fraser's consciousness is stuck in his purgatory still. And so he's trying to get back and get back into his body, and well, and stop. Uh, yeah. Whoopi Goldberg is death. Yeah, she plays death, which is amazing. Gus from Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, he does play. Yeah, uh, like the sleep. Yeah, so. It's a it's a trippy movie. It's really fun, and Brendan Fraser is great in it. And Chris Kattan is wonderful in the last twenty minutes or so. Uh, actually, I've heard that Chris Kattan uh, did something bad recently. Okay, so it turns out Chris Kattan was booted off of a flight for refusing to wear a mask, but uh, it's justified because it go tell us why. Okay, so when he was on Saturday Night Live, he used to do a lot of like. Uh, what is those like fake falls and things like that chris farley's also known for it for breaking sets and things like that so in one of the episodes he falls back into a chair but the chair doesn't break correctly and it actually uh damages his spine you know part of his vertebrae he had to get multiple surgeries he didn't realize it was damaged for a while like he was still going on for a couple weeks until lauren michaels was like i don't think you're right you gotta go to the doctor I don't, I don't think you're right, Chris. Okay, so Chris, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go to the doctor, Chris, and I need you to get your back checked out, okay? I'm Lauren Michaels, and this is what I need you to do. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, that? that was awesome. So he had to get, like, it took him a while to, like, figure it out, and he got a, multiple surgeries. So his back is, like, fused together, and so is his neck. So, you know, you can normally move your neck and things like It's really hard for him to do those things. That's why you don't see him acting a lot or doing anything, because it's very hard for him to be mobile. And they actually had a lot of problems with abusing uh, painkillers after the surgeries. So, sad thing about Chris Kattan. But Monkey Bone's great. I watched it when I was in elementary school. Probably not a great movie. Probably not a good movie for a child. Oh no, but I loved it. I had it on VHS and I hid the copy underneath my bed. Because I loved it so much. Well, it's a good movie. I would give that, personally, probably a 10 out of 10. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Brendan Fraser's best movie. I think... It's on my top three. I You all know I love Brendan Fraser in The Mummy and in Encino Man. So I think those are his top two in my book. Nope. 
Monkey Bone all the way. Okay, what are your top three Brendan Fraser movies? Monkey Bone. Can I do Monkey Bone again? No. Mm, mm. You liked you liked the Mummy. Yeah, it was bad, but you it, like Dudley Do Right. I do. I do like that movie. It's bad. Oh, what oh, about what no. about that? Okay, okay. It would be Monkey Bone, George of the Jungle. Oh. And then yeah, Encino Man. That one's pretty dope. I forgot about Bedazzled. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to move. Oh man, that's tough. There's so many good ones. Cause George of the Jungle. Oh, that's like peak Brendan Fraser body. Like when like that was. I would say the Mummy is like him when he's a little bit out of that, but like. George of the Jungle, Brendan Fraser body. Oh, I was just like, I'm into that. I'm totally into that. Oh, that's a tough call. Brendan, just George of the Jungle, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Oh, just a loincloth, you mean? Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't have that body though. I'd be like, I'd be like, I don't even. (laughs) Well, yeah, basically, (laughs) it'd be like if George ate the jungle. George ate the jungle too. Uh, so Jeff of the Jungle. That's what it would be. <laughs> Jeff of the Jungle. George, well, if George, yeah, if George ate Peter Jungle, that was that's a monk, that's a that, yeah. Uh, so next one after uh, that whole rant is Charlie Bartlett, another Anton Yelchin another masterpiece, Safeway. another Safeway purchase. Yeah, I remember that movie. It's good. You talk about it. Okay, so Charlie Bartlett. Uh, it's Robert Downey Jr. and Anton Yelchin and oh, I can't remember her name. I think I'll I'll figure it out. Um, so he's a very rich kid and his dad goes to prison, and so they kick him out of all of these like pretentious like boarding schools. So he has to go to regular public school, um, and he's kind of I don't know confident and a little awkward and it's it's super sweet like he's talking about Kat Dennings Kat Dennings thank you and so you know he goes there uh and he he tries to help people like he's really just trying to be helpful and so he auditions for like the school play he does a bunch of things he gets picked on a little bit uh and then he decides like he was talking to someone and realized like oh these people need help like I'm going to try to be their like psychologist pharmacologist and so you know he talks to them in a bathroom stall kind of like a therapist in a, in a stall in a sense there that's psychiatrist gives you drugs too yeah okay i don't i'm not good with words guys <laughs> and so you know he talks to them prescribes them medication based on their symptoms uh and then pretends to have those symptoms to all of his family's like rich um psychologists so you know he's able to run like a, a drug green to help people <laughs> And, like, half of the cast of Degrassi's in it. Yeah, I was going to say that the girl who played Paige, what's her name? Her name is Lauren Collins. She's in it. Yep. Uh, The guy who plays Craig, he's in it. Uh, Drake's in it. So just, like, right after peak Degrassi time. That's that's how I know Jake Epstein. I was like, who is that guy? Yeah, that's that's Craig. I don't see Drake. No, Drake's in it. I mean, I believe you. I just don't see him on the IMDb. Maybe he didn't want to be accredited. Is that him right there? It should be, like, right... You'd think he'd be at the top, because he's Drake. You'd think so. But, yeah, Robert Downey Jr.'s in it, and he's Kat Denning's dad. Uh, He's the principal, kind of a drunk. So this is, like, right before Iron Man. So, like, we're coming out of Tropic Thunder, coming into this, then Iron Man. You know, so, like, we're talking 
fresh out of rehab, like really getting his life together, Robert Downey Jr. And it's just so the Robert Downey Jr. we know now, just like as he is, as he is. Coming yeah, up. it's a great movie. It's really funny. Uh, there's a funny monologue he has to do to do uh, like the school play, and they wanted to use uh, vagina monologues, you know, for him, but they couldn't afford the rights to it. So they decided to make their own, and it's really silly. It's about um, Charlie's pretending to be a, a lady who has just gotten her period, and her, her dad gives her a bunch of fast food napkins to shove up her cooch. And she nearly wrecked the car, trying to hand me a wad of fast food napkins, which is not something that you particularly want to stick up your hooch! Um, and her her dad keeps calling her period sloughing, which is hilarious. And Anton's commitment to that whole joke is just amazing. That's a young Anton, too. Yeah. Young, younger. Yeah, like, I don't know, probably 18 years old, like, almost baby Anton. And it's just a great, I'd say, wholesome movie, you know, where you kind of realize, like, teenagers can have a pretty rough time and like having them an ability to talk especially to another teenager that and and someone who might understand what you're going through you know it's so you know it's a it's a really good good solid movie i've seen it and i would give it a 10 out of 10 yeah so i got that in the safeway bins uh i saw it my sophomore year in high school with this girl um and she was really annoying and kept trying to she always kept trying to be quirky that was her thing she always wanted to be the quirky i'm so different oh my gosh (laughs) yeah quirky pretty girl um and it was just miserable and halfway through the movie she's like i don't like this i really like i don't like this and i was like okay cool then you can leave I'm going to keep watching this because I just spent $8 and $8 in high school time was a lot of money and it was spectacular. She also was there when I bought Brother Solomon and did not like that either. So so, she, so her taste is lacking. Yeah. Yeah. She did like a hot rod, but only for the fake mustaches. Yeah. So you introduce the next one. Okay. So the next one is oh nope that's jeff's list repo the genetic opera so how i was told about this movie was hey do you want to watch paris hilton's face fall off that's exactly how i was told when someone asked when someone told me about house of wax oh i've never seen house of wax paris hilton's in that and she gets turned into a wax statue and then her face melts off oh okay I said face fall off. Oh. Face off. Take face off. (laughs) And that pulled me in. Uh, So this is from the guy who made Saw 2 and Saw 3. Um, And it's a, it was a small musical that was actually in a, like, college theater that this guy made. Kind of got the attention of the studio and they got, like, no money to make this movie. So, people refer to it as a a cult movie now, but they had no movie money to make it. Uh, They got, you know, some pretty good casts. Like, they got, you know, Pauly 
from Goodfellas in there, and he's singing, you know, classic opera, which is just fantastic. Uh, you have the girl from Spy Kids in it, and you get Joan Jett for, like, a cameo, which is pretty dope. And then that guy from Doctor Who, uh, oh, no, he's not, not Niles in, um, Buffy the Vampire. Who's the... Oh, yeah, he's Niles and Buffy. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the guy in Doctor Who for one episode who was a teacher of bats. But, (laughs) you know, different references to different people. It's just a great musical. What's fantastic about this musical in general, the guy who wrote it is actually the Undertaker. The guy who uh, steals bodies and things like that. So it's a very dark movie. Definitely very goth. um, Like a dark aesthetic. Uh, Some great great musical numbers i will say that and the cast they got to sing is fantastic you also have the original christine from phantom of the opera for any musical nerds out there playing the uh blind opera singer his name is anthony head though by the way the guy who plays niles and he's also yeah, yeah. sarah brighton is who i'm talking about the original christine from phantom of the opera the actual theater show not the movie sorry and it's a great movie. So the plot, basically, I, because I, the plot is like, yeah, it's essentially there's a company who they they like will pay you. They'll let you like you you can rent organs. You can buy organs. You can buy organs, and if you don't pay it back, then they basically take them back from you, they and repo it's them. they repo them, and it's in a world. It's like there's a pen like a worldwide pandemic that's gone down, so people are sick and dying, and so the rich people there's like this company, and they like that's the Gene Co. and that's like the where like Paris Hilton's family is. She's one of the kids of like the, oh, the like their CEO and owner of Gene Co. and so it's terrible people owning all the organs, and when the poor people can't afford to pay them back, they repo them back, and you know in turn probably end up killing people. So when they take the organs back, they die. There's that's what happens. Uh, funny thing is, this movie came out. I'd say almost the same year as the other movie called Repo Man. Two thousand eight. Yep. Check on that one. Well, what's funny about it's the same. It's the same plot. It's just not a musical. <laughs> With Jude Law. Yep. That came out two thousand ten. Oh, pretty close though. So yeah, close to that. Pretty close. But well, I mean, of course, it's the same concept. Repo is just to to take back. So it's just re. It just as long as the word repo is in there, that's the correlation between the two. Why they're so similar. Well, this one's also about a pandemic where a repo man ends up uh, trying to oh. take organs yeah. back. Smuggling artificial organs. I see that now that I read the synopsis of Repo Man. I thought it had to do with, like, like just, like, obviously cars or guns or shit no, like that. No, that's Repo, and that has, uh, what's his face? Who do they talk about? Emilio. Emilio, Emilio yes. That's Repo. So, different repos, but this Repo Man is also about organs. What's cool about this movie is they didn't have enough money to put it into theaters it was essentially a flop um so the director and some of the cast members rented some vans brought this film with them like in the actual you know on a hard drive everything like that and drove around the country for six months they went to local theaters that were doing um, midnight showings of rocky horror and asked, hey, like, I'll give you the screening of this movie. It's similar to Rocky Horror. If you can put them on at the same time, you know, that would be great. We just want to get this out there. And it, they raised so much money and got a lot of financial success from this. Uh, they were able to, like, meet people in person. The guy who introduced me to it was actually at one of those shows and got to meet him. And 
he showed me like he had a signed copy of the dvd uh, so pretty cool and now it's a cult classic still being in theaters you know 12 years later 13 years later that's impressive so repo genetic opera i've seen that i personally would give that maybe an, an 8 out of 10 i love it it's a 10 out of 10 just because i love that kind of musical okay yeah that's, that's fair next is my kind of musical <laughs> hamlet 2 Ham- it was a real musical yeah so it's god who's the guy the main guy the guy who's in it oh we said alan partridge yeah he character. yeah his character is alan partridge <laughs> his name is oh. oh my god luke wilson no <laughs> Gen- jennifer lawrence no these oh. are all people alan partridge uh come on guys help us out why is nobody calling you right now Steve Coogan, guys. Okay, the Coogmeister. Steve Coogan, who he's a he's a he's a teacher of um, the theater at this school in Tucson, Arizona. Where dreams go to die. Where dreams go to die. New York's pretty cool. Compared to Tucson. You know, Chewy, you're gonna have a magical life because no matter where you go, it will always be better than Tucson. And he, the theater class he has is just basically like the, the, the class you get where it's the rejects, the people who they don't like, they just don't want to deal with these kids because they think that they're like violent or they're maybe pregnant or they're delinquents or they're failures or just that kind of stuff. And so he and just two very enthusiastic theater. Students. Yeah. And then two really enthusiastic theater students, but everyone else is just like, you know, just like whatever. I don't fucking care. I'm just here to get a free credit kind of deal. And he wants to put on a play that they write called Hamlet 2. And it just, like, it ensues so much controversy because of the, the context of the play. And the students really get into it. And it's f- hilarious. And it's so good. Uh, what's great about this is he decides to write this musical, even though um, it, it kind of goes everywhere, if I'm being honest. You don't see the whole play. You just find out that he's Jesus. Who, like, time travels? With William Shakespeare and Hamlet. So, there's a bunch of, uh, from my understanding, sex. Um, and there's a bunch of silly references. You don't get to see the whole show, but the kids put it on. Amy Poehler's from the ACLU. And she puts up, like, a fight with the school district. Because the school district does not want to do this inappropriate musical. And he casts Elizabeth Shue. As, like, one of the actresses, he finds her because she's a nurse at a fertility clinic. Um, Elizabeth, she was an actual actress, by the way, not just some random lady. Who is that? I'm trying to remember. The blonde lady that comes and talks to their uh, theater troupe. And it's amazing. There's a song called Rock Me Sexy Jesus. Which is actually out there and it's spectacular and then there's another song you only hear part of it and it's called raped in the face um 
like I said, you don't really get a lot of context, but it is really funny. In high school, when this movie came out, I actually had Rock Me Sexy Jesus as my ringtone. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> oh yeah, there is Elizabeth Shue. She's in uh, she, Adventures of Babysitting and The Saint and Leaving Las Vegas and Karate Kid. All kinds of, you know, 80s classics. Oh, she, is she in The Boys? Yes. She's oh, the she's lady. the bad lady in The Boys. The yeah, leader who of Homelander the, really likes who Homelander to... wants to drink her milky milkies. I think he does. No, he definitely does drink her milk. So, Steve Coogan, Hamlet 2. Uh, I give that an 11 out of 10 as well. That's so fun. It's such a good movie. It's so it's so fun, especially if you know Tucson and you know how much Tucson sucks. Sorry, Sean. Sorry, Will, because you live there and you lived there. Uh, but Tucson sucks. Yeah, dreams do go to die there. That's the armpit of America, I feel like. they One of the armpits. Yep. Yep. Or at least at the very least, it's like that little like knee pit, like right be- right behind your knee. That like if you're like sitting like on your knee, if you're like you have your knees bent, it gets really sweaty. It's like that. It's a big town that everyone makes fun of because it's crappy. You know. Okay, we'll move on from shitting on Tucson. Uh, next is this is an Elijah Wood movie. I love this one. It's so good. Everything is illuminated. It was kind of like, I feel like it was one of those, like, movies that was big in certain, in certain, like, I guess in certain groups, and then otherwise it just, like, fell by the wayside. He's, um, he's this quirky guy who has, like, a collection. He puts things in boxes. Yeah, and so he, and doesn't his grandfather die? Yep. And he needs, and he's going to go find out about his family, who is in, like, Oh God! Somewhere, somewhere European. Um, he's a young Jewish kid. Yeah, he's a young Jewish kid. Who goes to? F- who goes to find a woman who saved his grandfather during World War Two in Ukraine? Ukraine, that's what it is. And so he, and then he meets up with some old family, and he's just this like really mild mannered, you know, like uh, introvert, very introvert kind of kid, and. He goes and has to like learn to open himself up to the world and stuff like that while trying to find the answers of this woman who's helped who saved his grandpa and it's really cute and it's really sweet and like I like that because he's a vegetarian there's a thing where they're like oh have some pork and he's like I'm a vegetarian they're like oh what about fish fish is not meat he's like no I don't eat meat he's like oh what do you eat then and it's just like it's really funny and uh, yeah here so his tour guide is played by Eugene Hutes which is the lead singer from Gogo Bordello. Uh, and they use his music. And when you actually see the movie, there is a band playing with like an accordion um, and a trombone in the background uh, at the train station welcoming, you know, Elijah Wood in. That's actually the rest of a Gogo Bordello. So pretty cool band. I think this is the only movie Eugene Hutes is actually in. There's a few movies inspired by his character or personality, but they chose him specifically because he is a uh, Ukrainian-born um, person and actually fled Ukraine after Chernobyl because his family's village was um, polluted with radiation and he had to find refugees in America. So it's a pretty cool movie. Definitely very weird. I would say it's in the same 
kind of uh, wheelhouse as what's the movie with, with Jim Carrey? Yeah. Oh my God! Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Ah. That or like Garden State. Yeah. Um, oh God. Garden State's much lower. I'd say these two are much more intellectual. Yeah. Garden State's like you know a little like pompous Zach Braff film. Don't get me wrong, I love Zach Braff, but it's kind of a little. Miss Ventura. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh wait, Eternal Sunshine. That's the Jim Carrey movie you meant. <laughs> Yeah, it's on the same level as, like, Eternal Sunshine. That kind of, like, it's, like, I don't know, it's cute, quirky, but it's also a little dark, a little intellectual. It's, I, I, I don't know, it's, I hate to say intellectual because that sounds, like, pompous, but it's true. It does, it's, yeah. like, you know, uh, if you enjoy watching Transformers, you probably wouldn't enjoy watching this movie. You can't turn your brain off and watch it. Like, it's just not going to be one of those movies. But if you want to sit and, like, think, it's actually a very good movie. Okay. And uh, would I would rate that? I've seen that. I like. I would say it's a nine out of ten in my book. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And our last movie on the list. Another musical. This one was a late entry. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yes. So it's doesn't have the Beatles in it. Just a spoiler there. The Beatles are not in it. This movie was made after the Beatles pieced out from each other. So. What they did is they decided, you know who can play Sgt. Pepper's band? Not the Beatles. Uh, the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton. That's the band for you. So you got Peter Frampton right off of Frampton Comes Alive. Bee Gees still have their big old fluffy hair. Uh, and it's essentially a terrible movie. The Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, their instruments are stolen, and this town goes into ruin without these sacred instruments. I don't know why. I don't know if they're magical, but, you know, it is what it is. So they have to go on this little adventure to go find the instruments. And these, this is the quote-unquote Beatles have to, right? Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band has to go find these instruments. Which is, which is their way of saying the Beatles, but not the Beatles, right? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to get a little context here. So, they have to go on this weird mission to find these instruments. And these terrible people have stolen all the instruments and hidden them away. So, throughout the entire thing, it's a bunch of Beatles songs from the White Album, Sgt. Pepper's album, and a few other albums. Uh, Steve Martin's in it. I'm assuming each instrument is its own journey, like, to get, like, they have to, like, complete certain tasks or whatever for each instrument. They have to outsmart one of the bad guys. Okay. Steve Martin's a bad guy. Alice Cooper's a bad guy. Aerosmith, bad guys. You know, just different things, and it's very silly. Um, there's, like, a... Steve Martin does... Uh, Maxwell Silver Hammer in the weirdest thing ever. It makes the one Ringo Starr did just look even weirder. So, put as a context there. Earth, Wind, and Fire's in it. I don't know what you just said. You said something about a hammer? Maxwell Silver Hammer. It's a song. Oh, God. I was like, what does that mean? So, yeah. So, it's the only song I think that I know in history where they actually use an anvil in it. And anvils are very hard to find, apparently. Yeah, if you if you listen to our episode with uh, with Michael, the forged and funny, he said it's really hard to find anvils, especially good anvils. I was actually watching this crazy video. Speaking of anvils, I know this is strange. This guy, he's a uh, he he does the same kind of stuff that Michael does, and he had this anvil, and he found out that you can clean it by pouring like a certain solution on it. So what he did is he soaked his anvil in the solution overnight and he like he pulled it out and it stripped a lot of like crap off of it and it turns out his anvil was from 1881 
and it was like, wow, I, I could never make out the year, and, and then he got all that crap off, and it was like an 1881 Anvil, and it was in remarkable condition, and it was, I don't know, I, I know that's weird, but that's really fascinating to me. But yeah, so back to Lonely Such Sergeant Pepper Lonely Gang. So it's a bad movie. It's a great musical. You know, you have the Bee Gees, you have Peter Frampton. It's essentially a bunch of great artists. And then the opening and ending sequence, you know, of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band is a a bunch of like famous people in it is the easiest way to say it like elton john like they got a bunch of like we are the world kind of style song and everyone's singing and it's very silly and sweet but yeah peter frampton bg's uh earth wind and fire aerosmith what do you rate it oh i love it it's a 10 out of 10 for sure okay so as of right now, let's count the movies we have in the Haracha movie rental store. So for now, we have we're right now with the Beaver, yep. Odd Thomas, yep. the Brother Solomon, yep. Bickford Schmeckler's Good Ideas, yep. Wrist Cutters, yep. Shock Treatment, yep. Monkey Bone, yep. Charlie Bartlett, yep. Repo Genetic Opera, yep. Hamlet Two. Yep. I don't think we own everything is illuminated, do we? Yep. We do, yeah. And Sergeant Pepper's. We own all of these movies in the Haracha video rental store. So if you're interested in watching any of these movies, if they sound interesting, come talk to me, and we'll do something. We'll figure it out, because why not? But yeah, that's that's the list we got. That's our list. That's her list of Cheyenne's underrated movies. So yeah, thanks thanks for your expertise on our movies. You're welcome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay, so... I think they're good. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, there we go. I'll just do my normal thing where I tell you guys that you should follow me on Instagram at just underscore Jeff underscore podcast. Uh, and then also like listen to me on wherever you listen to your podcast. Cause I'm on so many places now it's it keeps growing, which is cool. And it automatically does that. And I don't even need to do anything. And I love it and go to TikTok and find me just Jeff podcast. It's all one word. If you're on there, I know shine hates the word TikTok. I, whenever I'm talking about that, I have to say that video app. Otherwise it drives for bonkers. That's well, I'm not going to get into that. Um, that's a little, a little, uh, yeah. Uh, so you can always call or text me at four, one, seven, nine, eight, six, six, four, six, seven. I'll take your calls. I'll take your texts. Why not? Tell me something. Call me up. Let me know what's up. You got anything? You go. You got anything to endorse there, girl? Well, if you want to rent a movie, you can also call in, and we can do our best to handle that locally. Yeah, if you call in that number, I'll repeat it here again: four one seven nine eight six six four six seven. That is that also doubles as the Hiracha video rental line, and you can rent any of these movies for a measly fee of whatever we decide, depending on the movie and the person. So. There could be some collateral. We'll see. But, yeah, that's that's what I got for you, for you, Fulios. So the only thing I want to promote is you should listen to this podcast. As I mean, they already are. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, just keep doing it. You know, don't turn away. And, you know, maybe wear sunscreen. Yeah, wear sunscreen, you guys. I like that. Who was it? Who who promoted salt? Was that Rolly? 
promoted Johnny's seasoning. He salt. promoted Johnny's seasoning salt. So that's your yeah, the same kind of promotion. You're promoting sunscreen. No, I'm promoting people to wear sunscreen. Oh, she's not just promoting their product. She's promoting the use of it. So yeah. wear your sunscreen, guys. It's important, even if it's cloudy out. Come on, just take care of your body. You don't want to get that skin cancer, that melanoma, that like it's bad news. Check your body over. Just or have a partner do it. Have a stranger do it, but make sure it's a consistent stranger. That way you ha- know they, they and they consent to it. That way they know what to look for in the future and they can notice any differences. So if you have a specific homeless person that you know that's close by, be like, hey, I'll bring you a ham sandwich every time you look over my body, but you have to memorize any moles, any any anything like that, any freckles, and if they change, you need to tell me, and you will be doing you'll be scratching each other's backs, so to speak. If you live here locally in Vancouver, Portland area, we have a very good terminologist, but he does sing Christmas songs all year long. I'll check you, like, depending. Like, I'll, I'll look at your hands. Do you sing Christmas songs all year long? I don't sing Christmas songs all year No, I was going to say ever, but that's not true. I do when it's Christmas time. I don't. He do. He was singing Christmas songs, but it was, it was weird. Yeah. Uh, is that all you got for them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, this has been just Jeff. Where it's used the Colmean High School Dodger twat Bert. It's, it's like it's like Roger Ebert. Because <laughs> <laughs> we reviewed movies. You get it? So bad. She loved it. She thought it was see. Is it bad though if you're laughing? There we go. Uh, thanks for listening and tune in. We got so many fun things lined up, guys. I'm just keep being on this. You can hear. Her. Okay, I'm just gonna end this before you just keep hearing her laughing. Uh, just tune in for good stuff coming up in the future. Bye bye. Say goodbye. Oh my god. This has been another episode of Just Jeff. Thanks for listening. Boo-boo, I know.